Welcome to the NPE Secrets to Their Success podcast, where we believe business education is the key to your continued success in the fitness industry. I'm Sean Greeley. I'm joined by my co-host, Rick Isaac. Rick, how are we doing today? Doing fantastic, Sean. Can't wait to share more of this knowledge in the podcast. Awesome. Well, we've had a busy last five, six months. Uh, we actually stopped, turned off the podcast for the last five months. It's the first episode back since really COVID hit. Uh, and we've had a lot going on internally at NPE. That's why we kind of paused on the podcast. We've had uh, significant growth of the company. We've had significant growth in clients. Uh, we've doubled down on investing in our team and growing our team to support that. We've had new releases of product uh, and program offerings. Uh, it's been a whirlwind uh, time, uh, to say the least. Uh, lots going on here. And we're excited to talk about today really this idea around you know, business reinvention. Uh, NP has been around now coming up on, well, just passing our 14th anniversary as a company. So been around more than a decade now. Uh, and whether you've had a business for more than a decade or even a year or two or three, things move quickly uh, when growing a business. And there become critical times where you've got to just take a moment uh, evolve your business to grow and to continue to keep your model relevant in the market, uh, which is I know something we talk about all the time. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think obviously we've come through a pretty scary time for the industry as a whole, and it's not going to be the way it was ever again, but just regularly and people often get to the stage where they realize that maybe their business isn't what they want it to be. So that, that notion and that, that term reinvention is critical to make sure that you're keeping up with the competition and continuing to improve yourself as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons to evolve an existing business, uh, whether it be COVID changing your model and having to shut down your face-to-face -face service offerings, whether it be increased competition, we've seen massive growth in group training spaces. And uh, now, you know, it starts to be really a red ocean uh, and everybody looks the same and everybody's doing high intensity cardio in a big group format for a hundred bucks a month or whatever the price may be. Uh, and we've got to evolve the way we position our business the market, the way we adapt to, uh, market conditions like COVID and more to stay relevant, to stay profitable, and to continue to grow the business uh, to serve the people that we're here to help. Um, so I know we get into this a lot in your interview with uh, two longtime NP clients. Uh, they're NP Pro Mastermind clients, uh, Raf Freeman and Lachlan Rouston. They're owners of Creature Fitness uh, Boutique um, Gym in Sydney, Australia. Uh, they also run the number one fitness podcast in Australia and huge global following as well. So they, these guys are sharp entrepreneurs. They've been doing lots of stuff for a long period of time. We're a pleasure. We get to work with them for now three years. They've been clients uh, and we've helped them through many stages of transforming the business, building it up, selling a location, transforming it again. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people think that when you've been in this for a while, you reach a point where, um, yeah, it's just on autopilot. Um, and that may be the case, but everybody gets to be a time when, we got to relook at things and we got to reimagine the world to stay competitive, to stay relevant, stay profitable. Yeah, I think that's a thing too, isn't it? It's a great point. A lot of people think, well, it's done, right? And I've done it, I've created it, but it's got to be evolving. You're either moving forward, you're moving backwards, you're never standing still. So what's really impressive about Raf and Lockie is that they've never stood still. They, they took this time over COVID to really think about their model and think about ways that they could serve their clients better. And sometimes I think your business can become misaligned with your philosophies and your core values as well, because it can take on a life of its own. And I think it's amazing what these guys share in the interview and it's really powerful stuff for anyone, as you said, whether you're relatively new or whether you've been going for years 
years. We've got to keep looking at that to make sure we're improving ourselves and our business model. Yeah, and every business, whether you, you know, have been extremely impacted by the COVID challenge or things are going great, uh, we've been fortunate. We've been doing a lot of work, very busy with our clients. Uh, so many of them are coming out with, you know, dozens and dozens of clients are literally having best months ever, which is awesome. Uh, but that's because they've been doing a lot of hard work during a really difficult time uh, and working through challenges. Uh, and these guys are great examples of that. Uh, you actually did the interview, so you're going to hear a great interview with Rick, diving into things. And let's uh, get on to your interview with Raf and Locke. Hi, this is Sean Greeley and welcome to the Secrets to Their Fitness Business Success Podcast, where industry leaders share their secrets, strategies, and step-by-step -step systems to turn your fitness passion into a highly profitable business. Now, after you've listened to the show, head on over to npefitness.com slash podcast to download the show notes and get access to our free e-course on how you can start and grow a profitable fitness business. You'll see how over 45,000 fitness entrepreneurs have created more profit, revenue, and happiness with their business, and get instant access to our three most popular fitness business building guides. The training is 100% free, and you can access it now at npefitness.com slash podcast. Now let's get on to the show. Well, hi, folks, and welcome back to MPE Secrets of Their Fitness Business Success Podcast. I'm joined today by Raf and Lockie from Mind Muscle Project and Creature Fitness. It's great to have you both on the call today, gentlemen. Pleasure to be on. Pumped to be here. Fantastic. Well, for those who don't know of you, why don't you give us an overview of, of the location of your facilities, your business model, and then the types of clients that you love serving? Yeah, so Lockie and I are the two owners. Uh, we've known each other for six years now. We've been, we're in business together for six years now, and we've been NPE clients for I want to say three years uh, with, with MPE. You guys came on our radar right at like before we even opened our first gym, but um, we were like, no, we can definitely, we know all this ourselves. Uh, and three years later, we realized we weren't, we weren't right about that one. So we ended up hiring you guys as coaches and we've been happy clients for three years. Um, so we started a podcast, which was the My Muscle Project, which you mentioned at the beginning. And that has been a, I think also about a five-year journey now. We're over 300 weeks of doing the show consecutively. Uh, and then while doing the podcast, we grew from uh, one gym to three gyms and they were primarily group, group fitness. Uh, and they were like more CrossFit style group at the start and then moving more into just um, functional group training. Uh, and, we, and we did that. We scaled it to over a million dollars a year. Uh, and we were happy doing that. We went from five business partners down to two. Uh, and that was what we were running up until COVID this year. Gotcha. Um, well, I really wanted to, to dive into that with you because clearly COVID is throwing the whole industry in a, in a tailspin and there's lots of people who are really struggling now and some of the models that they were using in terms of their business models um, are now not serving them they're finding it's particularly challenging to be able to grow their business in the way that they want to and it's also given people some time to reflect as well right where they're realizing actually this has just morphed into this beast which i'm actually not passionate or in love with anymore so Tell us a little bit more about why you made that shift from that bigger group model to that, that more semi-private. Yeah, so it was uh, not a small change for us. We were doing classes that involved all kinds of crossfit movements so like Olympic weightlifting and gymnastics, uh, which are obviously great, great training tools. Um, we're getting you know, 15 to 20 people per class and it was running for an hour. Um, and you know, we had a, a personal training onboarding system, uh, but we had many issues with the model. We found, obviously, firstly, it wasn't as profitable as we'd like it to be, which is obviously 
you know, a really important factor. Uh, the second thing is we felt like it was just becoming a commodity. Like it was sort of everyone offered this in some form or fashion. It was just a different coat of paint or I don't know, a different set of movements or different names for the classes. And so we really started to feel like it was becoming um, a race to the bottom and we're being compared to a lot of gyms that were very different to us. Um, and then probably one of the, the key things as well was really even before COVID hit is Raph and I wanted to go after our high-end clientele. Uh, and so what that just meant is the price point we were at, we couldn't just charge more with the same offering. We had to, if we wanted to move into a higher price point, we actually needed a completely different service offering, something that was a bit more like PT, but we ran the numbers with PT and PT was never um, a profitable model for us or how we thought we could run it. Um, and so that's when we chose uh, coming out of the first lockdown. So uh, we locked down in March, 2020, we came out in June, 2020. Uh, we completely revamped the model, changed heaps of things that we didn't like about it in terms of staff pay and honestly staff skill sets and staff type that we wanted. Um, and then as well, like the main thing I mentioned, the clients as well, the different clients we wanted to go after. And we launched a semi-private model, um, which we're really stoked with at the moment, which means uh, we have six people per session or a maximum of six people per session. One of the uh, immediate benefits is obviously it's COVID safe. Uh, people can right. use their own equipment. Um, they can you know, social distance correctly. The gyms are the perfect size for it. Um, and also people get their own program. So now rather than doing one template program, and I always say everyone would come to us with different life experience, different injuries, different goals, but we'd prescribe them one program, which is stupid, right? It's like a, a patient sitting in a doctor's office with all these different problems and he prescribes them one medicine. Sometimes he hits, you know, hits it out of the park. Other times it's completely wrong. It makes the situation worse. And that's what we started to notice is hey, is there a way to actually help people when they come in and say, you know, I want to work on my arms and my abs and guarantee them that they would work on that. Not, oh, okay, well, you have to come on Tuesdays in the evenings and Thursdays in the mornings. And they go, well, that's not going to work. I'm training on Mondays and Wednesdays. So we wanted to solve that problem, which meant in the semi-private model, everyone does their own program. But we wanted to keep what we liked about group, which was, you know, sweating and doing a workout together and building that camaraderie. Um, so the, the six people, they'll do 30 minutes of their own strength training with a coach and then they'll do 30 minutes um, with a, a workout conditioning session together. And that, that's just been, it's been 11 weeks of running that now. Uh, we're charging, you know, about double, if not more for some clients than what we did before. Uh, and it's done exceptionally well. We're almost back up to 100% revenue um, pre-COVID. And even better is it's we're doing it with less clients. Uh, we're doing it with better clients. The staff are more happy and there's more profits in the business, which I didn't think I would say all those words, but uh, somehow we've pulled it off, which is great. Well, well done to you both because it's a, it's a significant shift, isn't it? It's not a, as you said, it's, it's not a simple decision, you know, and it's, it's can be a bit scary because it's changing from a model which um, has proven to be successful. Um, you talked about a few things there in terms of, of wanting to, not be perceived as the same as the others. Now that you've got the semi-private, and it's it's pretty incredible because people will be listening to this and thinking, how are you back, what, in 11 weeks back to the revenue were prior to COVID? I mean, that's pretty staggering. There'll be lots of people thinking, well, I wanted to do that, but no one's going to pay that or my market, my current clients wouldn't pay that amount. You've obviously made the shift. How many of those existing clients continued with you and how many of those did you have to bring on as new clients? What was the sort of breakdown there? Uh, in the end, about 30% of the clients before we went into COVID stayed with us um, right. into the new model. And if I was to break it down, because there's a bit of compounding factors, because it wasn't just a shift from group to semi-private, it was also 
uh, COVID-19 and, and lockdown for 12 weeks and all the stuff that came with that. So right. yeah, if you, if you took um, say 100% of the clients, probably 35% of the clients just got lost in you know the, the eruption of COVID. People moved different cities, uh, right. people lost their jobs, you know, a whole bunch of stuff happened. Um, there's probably a small percentage in there, maybe 10, 15% that, that honestly still don't feel comfortable coming back to gyms. Um, we still have some, some good clients that maybe have like often someone's sick at home or are looking after someone or want to visit someone elderly and, and, and not training back with us. Uh, and then everybody else was, yeah, just not in the price point anymore or just wasn't the right offering for them because they really liked like the big group stuff. And that tended to be, um, yeah, a lot of our younger clients, um, definitely. And then number two, probably some of the clients that just felt like they could do it on their own and work right. that invested in coaching. Um, and that was amazing for us because we realized that, hey, we actually only want people that value coaching and like want to get help from our coaches. And people that just used it as a social club um, were probably not the best fit for the gym. Well, you, you've mentioned a couple of things there. I mean, the, something that you mentioned earlier, Locke, is that you've got a better quality of client now. Um, and it's not, I know you're not talking personally about those people and their, their personalities, so to speak, but tell us what you mean by that. What, where's that? Why is it a better quality of client now? Yeah, I think just the direction, like Raf said, we were heading is very coach centered. Um, and so you need you, to, to have the value to pay the money you're going to pay. You need to value coaching. And yeah, if, if you get to the point, which is not a bad thing, which we got a lot of our long-term clients to, which was they didn't need us. They felt like, well, if all this value comes with the individualized programming and your expertise with uh, injuries and um, coaching movements and stuff, a lot of people, whether right or wrong, felt like they'd got to that point where they didn't, they didn't need that. And so paying 70, 80 bucks a week is like, yeah, it's a fee for what you pay to join a group gym, but you don't really, that's not what coaching is. Like coaching right. doesn't cost that much. And so the clients that we have now, they actually really value coaching and programming and so they do it they do the coaching they do the programming they feel like the dollars they're paying is really worth it and i think that that just goes you know a long way for the coaches as well like the coaches are getting more engaged clients that are rocking up and telling the telling the coaches hey you, we love this we love this service you guys are offering you guys are doing a, an amazing job we appreciate you know every aspect of of what's happening at the gym so um, I think it goes a long way for client and coach happiness, just people that are more engaged. And you I'll mentioned to that as well. Yeah. yeah, what I was going to say, uh, yeah, not in terms of like the better client thing, I think also from us, it's like, yes, they want to they want to value the coaching. That's amazing. That's rewarding. They do what the coaches say as well. Um, and then I think there's a type of client that it's just more fun sometimes to work with. Um, you know, they're, they're not the type of client that like goes missing one week, come back to the next mm. or, you know, doesn't turn up for five days and then wants a refund on the previous five days. You know, you're getting clients that are committed. They understand it's an investment, but they want to invest in themselves. Uh, and they also have a career that is really important to them outside of the gym as well. And that was important to us because we want people that we can help go out and excel in their career and make a difference in the world. Um, we probably just weren't after the client anymore that was just obsessed with the gym and the gym was the biggest thing for them. Right. And so we really enjoy helping that type of client. So for us, a better client is someone that fits yeah, our ideal client a little bit closer. And I mean, you, again, you, but this is just such a great conversation because the the quality of client, as you said, they're more committed and it also means there's more skin in the game, isn't there? If they're paying more money, they're going to turn up for those sessions. They're going to take the advice outside of the gym to change other areas of their life, which is not serving them as well. 
um, which is significant. And I guess the other thing too, and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, these people, because of the price point now, they've got to have a fairly high disposable income and certainly household income. So because of that, changes in economy and the interest rates go up or down, that's not going to affect them. They're at a price point or an income level, which that stuff is it's not even an issue for them so you tend to have less of those wanting a refund or having to drop out because they just can't quite make it that week or that month would that be right yeah exactly you know um i guess before we would just get everyone and everyone and that was great because we, you know we, we enjoy working with those clients as well but like yeah when COVID hit we found out pretty quickly people that we'd invest a lot of time on you know their jobs disappeared really fast because maybe they were like casual workers and stuff like that you know, work that's probably the first to go when there's a big change in the economy and that's tough on them. And I definitely feel sorry for them. But for my staff who also have to make a living, we need reliability for them to be able to build a career. They want to work with clients that, um, despite what's happening outside in the world, can continue working with them for 12, 18 months and really see some progress. That's you know going to be rewarding for them as a staff and, and us as a company. So we'd like to work with those clients that, yeah, exactly. It is more resilient, probably more settled in their life as well because they're a little bit older and they're not um, traveling and changing cities and getting new girlfriends and changing boyfriends or whatever it is. Um, so they're a bit more settled, they're a bit more resilient and they can invest more in the long term and improving their health and fitness. Gotcha. So it's made it a more financially stable model for you guys as well. And then something that you mentioned like as well, you've got half as many people to deal with, right? So administratively, yeah. there's so much less work and follow up yeah. and client communication. Has, has that been a big impact? Man, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. It was like this week we had no fail payments, no unprocessed payments. And like back when we ran the group, I could have 20 plus every yeah, week. Right. And Which it's just because a, a, there's like, yeah, half as many people, yeah, um, so yeah. less clients. And then just like, yeah, more reliable clients that, um, yeah. you know, just, yeah, it wasn't like the last few dollars in their account. So, so their payment bounces every month. And ultimately, as you've both said, it's all about results, right? Getting better results for the clients, getting, providing your coaches with people where they can get that intrinsic reward of really changing their lives rather than someone just sort of going through the motions or, as you said, doing it more for the social aspect rather than the health benefits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for gotcha. sure. Okay. So you've, you've, you've made that shift. How, cha I mean, obviously it was a leap of faith and, you know, you guys certainly... Um, practiced uh, having your own courage there that's for sure and, and working through it i mean you guys had been working with that that bigger group model for a long time how hard was it to let go of that yeah it was really hard it was hard um so we sold one of our locations in the process as well right that one was probably easier it was still tough but uh, i guess it was just gone out of sight and we knew the staff was so we, we knew the members were going to get well looked after because the new owner was going to do something similar um, and, and keep their training going. So that was easier. It was probably tougher for the existing clients that, um, you know, we still love and we still wanted to help and we probably just couldn't help anymore. So it was like, a, I guess, just a bit of a breakup um, that was there. Um, but I guess that what helped us get through it was just, yeah, we kept believing in the new model. Um, the staff kept believing in the new model. So we just knew that for the people it was right for, we'd still be there. Uh, and in truth, I mean, you can't serve everyone forever. So every relationship is going to come to an end at a certain point, whether on their end or on our end. It just turned out on this time, it was on our end. Normally in the relationship, it's on their end. Right. Yeah. And um, one, one thing that made it, I think, especially tough was definitely the first lot of phone calls, the transition across. And I didn't, I didn't do any actually, but I could see the effects on Raf and the rest of the team that had to, you know, 
take these clients, which are all dealing with different stresses towards the end of the lockdown, whether they've you know lost jobs or they've had pay cuts or it's just been a stressful time, been locked indoors with your your family, and having to call them over the great news that hey, we're doubling your prices now to come back to the gym. We've changed the model that you you knew and loved, and so there was definitely some. We lost some some pretty loyal good clients, um, not in not in a way that wasn't amicable, but I guess just disheartening that they weren't going to support us in the next phase. They felt like they didn't need us. And so there were definitely some early on, some moments earlier on where you think to yourself, oh, have we made the wrong decision here? And there definitely was a good week or so where we were looking at each other going, maybe we made the wrong choice here. Um, But, you know, like all things in business, you do find new clients and if you stick to it, and I guess now we're so different to everyone else that um, it helps. It helps as a point of differentiation, which so many other gyms lack. Well, you mentioned something earlier, Raf, about really dialing in that ideal client, recognizing that they were a little bit older than probably your general average age and they're more settled in their life, as you mentioned. How, how much of that was important in really getting dialed into who it was and what was that process like for you going through that to, to come up with that new ideal client? Yeah, I think that before we did it, we were already pretty clear on who we wanted to serve. Uh, we, we realized that we want to keep stepping up the type of person we serve in terms of how much they can invest in their fitness so we can do more for them over our years. And we plan on keep doing that, keeping to do that in the future. Uh, so we already knew that really going in. I guess what we hadn't done was go back to the drawing board and develop the product for them. So that was like the process this time. Was like, okay, we've got this person now. We've been trying to speak to them for a while on the marketing, but when they come in, probably not really the thing for them like what it definitely wasn't creative for them it's just that over time we decided we wanted that client and we were stuck with the thing we already were selling so we went back to the drawing board in the product for the person so we were still targeting really the same person we were targeting pre-covid except that now when they got there we could be like hey this thing is built for you and here's why and they could say oh i can see that it is built for me and then so far everyone that's come in has been like wow this thing really is built for me this is why it's better than the thing before because A, you know, the thing before wasn't personalized to me, this thing's personalized to me. Or B, my personal trainer before was super inflexible. This is really flexible and works with my, um, my lifestyle. So I guess that was the difference. Was we already knew the person, but now we just went back and created all the operations around that person. Yeah, I love it. And the fact as well that, you know, these birds of a feather flock together, as they say. So these people are swimming in the same circles. And when you're in a group environment, in that small group, you can still build a ton of that community and that camaraderie, like you said, like that, you know, people love, right? But it's at, at a level where I'm, I'm talking with other CEOs. And, you know, working out together, it's not me with a a 25-year-old, you know, kitchen hand doing the same thing. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's a a lot to be gained by uh, being in a a common environment and and having lots of things in common. Yeah, I think the one thing that we really, it took me a while to come to in the marketing was what is the real benefit that I can speak to with these clients that everyone else is insane. And so it wasn't going to be weight loss. It wasn't going to be best shape of your life. It wasn't going to be build muscle. It wasn't going to be get stronger. It wasn't going to be any of that stuff. And what I ended up coming up with, and I think it really has worked well because the clients have really mentioned it and we've attracted the right clients, is that we say we get you into incredible shape, but it's so that you can excel further in your career. So we are really targeting career-focused, career-ambitious clientele, which, you know, wipes off a lot of the board um, for a lot of people. People 
like a lot of people in their twenties aren't really that career focused and they're not really in the career that they're, they're ready to, to go all in. And, um, and so a lot of them as well might still be studying or at uni. Um, but yeah, we're, we're with the clients that want to make a massive life for themselves that are super ambitious. Uh, and I think really speaking to that value, and that character trait, um, has attracted a lot of the right clients because, um, we get a lot of them at the moment. And clearly from the feedback, as you mentioned, they're loving the service, the personalization of it, but also yeah. the combination of still being in a, in a smaller group model, if you're right, there's still that, that peer support. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah the feedback's been great. And just coming back to your trainers for a second there, I know you mentioned that, you know, you had to be really have a lot of courage to stay on the course and, and you knew you had the backing of the coaches. It's a big shift for them as well, right? They're familiar with this certain model and now we're shifting into a new model. How was that process in terms of educating them on why you were changing? Because that was probably a question, why? Um, and, and how much have they embraced that? Yeah, it's a good question. We, we did try to uh, go through very thoroughly. This is why we're doing it. And we took a lot of the time, I think, while we were in COVID and we weren't doing a lot during COVID, you know, we're just doing a lot of Zoom classes and, and there was definitely less of um, like less time pressure. People weren't waking up early. People had a bit more time and we used a lot of that to sell, hey, this is why it's going to be better for you in terms of your job. This is why it's going to be better in terms of the gym, uh, how all these aspects were going to be better. And that wasn't for all the staff. So some of the staff really got around that. They really liked the idea of working with less clients and doing more for them. Uh, and some of the coaches were probably much more sold on, yeah, still doing really big group high energy classes with younger clients. Uh, so those, cl- those coaches didn't stay on. So we just, uh, yeah, we just, I guess we told us why we believe it's better for them and for the gym uh, and the staff that it resonated with. They stayed on and they went hard in helping us create it. I think it was good because like with the old model, because you've got such a mix of different clients um, you know, you could keep a lot of coaches happy because they could work with all different clients and there would be all kinds of service offerings. You could do a bit more PT. You could do more of the group. And the programming was a lot different. It was, um, you know, I guess a lot more reckless is probably not the right word, but it was uh, a lot more variety than what we program now. Um, and it was good because we do, honestly, where we're going, need a very specific type of coach um, with a very specific clientele that they want to work with. Um, and so, yeah, as you niche down the clients and the, and the business model and the offering, you also niche down the type of staff member that you attract. And so it was really good to get rid of some of the extra baggage. And at the time, it's not fun because they're obviously still great people and, you know, they're good friends of ours still. But, uh, you know, they're dragging the chain. They're just not on board anymore. And so, yeah, it's going, the, the boat's going a lot faster without them. It's interesting that you, you shared that in terms of you making that shift and, and then explaining to the staff and, and letting them self, you know, self weed out, if you like, you know, to see whether or not they want to be a part of it. Um, it's, I mean, from a, a business model standpoint, clearly it's enabled you guys to be able to serve on a much higher level and get more committed clients as we talked about there. There's a lot of people though that 
you know, the thought of making such a big shift or they're just not prepared to make those hard decisions in business. And I'm sure those conversations with those staff members wasn't fun and, you know, a nice handball there for you, Lockie, not to have called any of the clients, you know, you just got a, a RAF and the team to do all of those. Um, but those would have yeah. been hard conversations, I, I imagine. I mean, there's some people who are just not prepared to make the hard decisions in their business, are they? So they just continue doing what they're doing and, and that's yeah. not working either financially or intrinsically uh, as well so what would you say to those people who recognize that their model is not either working or it's not what they want to do but there's that significant amount of fear of change yeah i think we've realized that um you know change change is guaranteed it's just that progress is not guaranteed so whether you want to stick with it or not it's going to end up changing either the market's appetite for your type of training is going to change you are just going to grow older. You know, you're not going to be the same face of it when you're 40 as when you're 20. Things are going to change, but yeah, what's not guaranteed is progress. And the progress has to be for, forced, has to be tough and thought through and um, executed and all that type of stuff. So it's not really an option to keep it the same. That's what we realized is that the change is coming. And then the, the pandemic just brought that on in a violent and quicker way. There was like rapid change. It wasn't staying the same regardless. Uh, and yeah, I mean, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but my observation so far has been the gyms that tried to keep everything exactly the same as, as it was, and they're probably struggling more these days. Whereas yeah. the gyms that have, not, not just like us, but in different ways, you know, adapted to the situation, maybe changed their offering, you know, just maybe gone over and above with the COVID safe stuff, maybe changed their clients. They seem to have taken advantage of the opportunities that are around. Um, you know, even if something as simple as like, hey, people have totally different work schedules. You know, should I keep the class schedule the same? Obviously not. Right. You know, there's like anyone, the, the more changes you can make to, to fit in with the change happening around, it seems to me like the more you can take advantage of the opportunities. Uh, but what, what is tough, which is probably the mistake that you can fall into, which is you always see the downside really clearly of the new offering or new thing you're doing, but you don't always see the upside immediately. So like when we did the offering, I could like count all the money we were going to lose next month. Yeah, I right. could like count all the members we were going to lose. And that is hard. I couldn't count all the new members we were going to get or how much longer the new member is going to come. I didn't actually know. So you always see the downside really clearly. You often can't see the upside. And that, that maybe can help people back from making the change. Mm. That was like uh, what's on the wall behind you. Practice faith. You got to have faith that you have made the right decision. Um, that, I think that's part of being a business owner is like, yeah, you kind of jump off and build the parachute on the way down, as they say. Um, but yeah, like Raf said, it's not really a choice. I think uh, the choice to do nothing is the worst choice. So I would either say get out or yeah. get go all in um, because you have you can't just sit on your hands and just hope it's going to return to normal. It might, but it's going to be a while. <laughs> where, yeah. where you're relying on a lot of factors out of your control for things to go back to normal. That's for sure. Well, and from what you've talked about there, you know you've created a model now which is future proof as well because uh, we're going to go through phase two, three, four, and and sorry, I should say wave three, four, five, as like we've seen in other countries that we support as well, you know, that's it's likely um, to happen. Yeah. And in that case, you guys have still got the model that will work. I mean, talking to someone yesterday, actually, been in business for a long, long time, but as he explained to me, he's now recognised my group model is a dinosaur. 
it's it's done and it's probably been done for a couple of years just because of the mass saturation in the market of so many people just doing the functional fitness classes and um which you know was really took off obviously around the the formation of crossfit and those sorts of things it made it more formal anyway and a, a community to be involved around i mean what would you say to those who have a model where it's bigger group they're now in pain because they either can't open or they can't open to be able to support those bigger groups. What would your advice be to them? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because every government and every local government and regular regulatory body is different. Uh, so some people it might work and, you know, they, they don't have the caps, but I think the vast majority of people are hindered if they have big group fitness. Yeah, it's it's hard to predict where it's going. Um, obviously, it's the direction we're going is working really well for us. Um, but I know some people love um, big group fitness, um, and so it's it's hard to to take away from it. I, 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 one thing I'd just say is, I reckon you could join. You can get around other gym owners that are doing the something else successfully. Sometimes that can open your mind a bit as well. We got pretty stuck just talking to other gym owners who are also doing the functional fitness group. And sometimes in like MPE, we would talk to someone like charging three times what we charge. I'm like, fuck, people actually pay? Like, yeah, people actually pay. Like, oh, okay. Maybe it's possible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it's just, it's one of those things you don't believe it can be done until it's done because you're just married to your old ways. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the change conversation. Like if you're willing to make the change and take a leap of faith and go all in, uh, you definitely should. Um, or yeah, you can make the choice to just sit on your hands and, and wait around for things to happen. But yeah, I, I do echo that sentiment of that, Jimona, that I feel like yeah, group fitness will always have its place in the market, big group fitness. Um, but if it's not profitable, it's not working for you right now and you know, it's locking down over and over again, it's not looking good, you need to change. Like it's just not, it's sort of out of the question. Yeah, well said. And it's, uh, it's, it's having courage and practicing faith, isn't it? It's about really embracing that change and seeing it, as you said, Raf, not looking just at the downside, which is obviously really obvious, but then looking at what can happen and how things have changed. And as you guys have said, your coaches are happier. Um, they're, they're working more closely. There's a lot more relationship with the clients. The clients are loving it, getting great results. You don't have that volatility uh, in your business in terms of finances now. You know, it's really consistent and stable. Um, and I guess those people that you're working with as well, that uh, higher level clientele, if we want to call it that, you know, they're not going to be affected so much about economic situations in the marketplaces we talked about. They're going to be there because they want to, to create, a, they've got that ambition and they want to have a better career and they recognise that health and fitness is going to help them to do that no matter what their career is, which is, which is awesome. Um, it's been fantastic watching you guys and you know I know there's times as you mentioned where you start to think well hang on have we made a mistake here but it's been really awesome seeing just how you have presented as leaders through this change and shift in your business um, which is a is a big one right because your team aren't going to buy into it unless you do which is really super super powerful so congratulations to both of you on and creating such a fantastic model and really making a, a massive difference in the results that your clients are getting as well as your coaches, we said. And and you guys living happier lives too because it's more aligned with your goals. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, well, firstly, just to speak to that last point, happier lives is dramatic increase in our, in our happiness as owners, um, undoubtedly. Um, and then uh, second thing is, yeah, we just want to thank MPE for all your support, your support, Rick, 
um, Sean's support, Rachel's support as well. Um, you know, you have these ideas and then, you know, especially for the solo gym owner out there, it can be very lonely at times and maybe the advice that you get from other people you don't really trust or I don't know, maybe it's not that valid or uh, it doesn't come from a, a place of experience. But I think uh, having like running this, uh, having the network of gym owners, having all your experiences with other gyms, having so many different markets as well, like US markets, European markets, different Asian markets to be able to go, here's our model. This is what we think. These are the numbers. What do you guys think? And it's not just, oh, it seems pretty good. It's like, okay, have you thought about this? What about this? This is really good. That's really good. That gives us the courage. That gives us the faith that, okay, they think it works. They've seen thousands of gym models before. It should work. Okay, let's do it. You know? So if it wasn't for you guys, we also wouldn't have, you know, that same confidence when we pull the trigger on these sorts of things because there are big changes. Yeah, well, well done on making the changes and making the pivots required in this, I hate this term, but the new world, because um, the industry will never be the same again, that's for sure. Uh, and it's uh, it's great to see you guys being leaders there amongst your community as well. So, look, I really appreciate your time. I know you guys are, are super busy with all the things that you've got going on. And thanks so much for sharing your wisdom on this. It's going to be a real inspiration for a lot of people who are really struggling right now and just don't know which direction to go in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, if it helps anyone, uh, it was a pleasure. Mm. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much, Raf and Lockie. We will speak to you very soon. And for those listening, you know, this is well worth listening to this one again to really pull out those gems that the boys have shared there because it is about progressing and it is about developing the right model that fits and aligns with your core values and is going to enable you to help more people. So thanks again, Raf and Lockie. We'll speak to you very soon. See you, Rick. Thanks, Rick. All right, guys. Well, great interview today with Roth and Lachlan from Rick. Um, I love these guys. I get the pleasure of talking with them every week. You know, for three years, they've been clients. We hit it hard. We have fun. Uh, they're part of a great group with at a high level, consistently growing. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm so grateful they were open up and shared about their interview today, Rick, uh, with you on the call. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, when you look at people who have been very successful, but they're still so humble and they recognise that there's still more to learn, there's more to do, there's more ways of expanding and growing your business and that's the key to their success. They've been open to actually learning more and like every successful person, they invest in coaching which helps them to be able to see the things which they can't see themselves. And super powerful interview and you know, I hope everyone took a ton of notes from that because it's, it's really amazing what they've been able to do. Even though they were perceived as being successful anyway, they've now pivoted to a whole new level. Yeah, and I love what they had to say about really approaching and targeting people that already value coaching. That's who they are. That's who they want to work with. That's who they enjoy spending time with. And they've got, you know, one of the whole communities uh, and great client lifetime value as a result of all the things they do to align those things internally uh, in their business with their team and more. So, Thanks as always for listening to the NPE Secrets to Their Success podcast. We believe business education is the key to your continued success in the fitness industry. Listen, we know you're listening to this podcast because you want to take your fitness business to the next level. And to do that, you need a clear strategy of exactly what to do in order to make that happen. Too many fitness professionals don't know where to start and too many studio and gym owners are struggling to pay their bills. They worry about their income and the future of the business and they feel lost, confused, and frustrated. We want to invite you to fix that right now when you head on over to npecoachescorner.com. You can sign up to get a free customized NPE impact and profit plan for your business. It's real simple. Number one, you go to the website and book a call. 
Two, you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. And then three, get a customized plan to grow to the next level. Check it out at npecoachescorner.com. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll speak to you again real soon.